The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. I'm joined now by Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College in Dublin. Good morning, Luke. Good morning, Pat. Now, I want to hark back to last week. Uh, you were telling us about how men's sperm, as the man ages, becomes less effective and also can lead to things like autism in uh, children. A letter from Mary in County Louth. I grew up in a farming community long ago. Many of our farmer men neighbours married later in life in their 40s and older due to family farm circumstances. They all had large families, 12 children and more. One man had three wives and fathered his last child at the age of 90. None of the children had autism. So there. There you have it. Yeah, no, it's almost just a risk factor, as we call it. You know, it's not definitive. Yeah. That's interesting, are. isn't it? Yeah. The, uh, the Irish male. Of course, the only thing I would say is that years ago, people didn't know what autism was. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. a possibility, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, you want to talk about something which is very serious because it's something that causes deep distress and might be alleviated if it was properly understood by the medical profession. That's right, yeah, but it's a psychiatric illness in children. It's, it's got a strange name, PANDAS, which stands for uh, Psychiatric Autoimmune, or sorry, Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Disorder Associated with Streptococcus, and that tells you immediately there's something infectious in this. Yeah. And it turns out to be more common than we think, but it's children get infected with a bacteria and develop psychiatric illness. Which seems extraordinary. It, now, you've got a case study of a fellow called Garrett Pullman. That's right, yes. For me, um, about a year ago, actually, a grandmother sent me an email that her grandson had this pandas and wanted to raise awareness. And I came across a thing in The Economist, uh, all about it as well. And it describes this child called Garrett Pullman, who at seven years of age came home from school and had very strange behavioural sort of changes, thought there was uh, radiation coming out of the sockets, thought that birds were going to attack him when he went outdoors, you know. And then his mother takes him to the doctor and they give him antibiotics for a sinus infection. And the neuropsychiatric symptoms went away. And it's a remarkable example of how you clear up a very sort of complicated sort of syndrome with antibiotics. So this was an inadvertent thing. They were doing the sinus infection while this guy was displaying psychiatric behaviour. Yeah. But both cleared up. That's exactly right. And then his mother then became a champion for pandas. And then it turns out it's more common than we think. And there's a second thing called PANS, which again is paediatric acute neuropsychiatric syndrome. And again, that seems to be caused by infections as well. And what's happening is that an increasing in awareness is needed. It turns out most GPs don't know about it. Most paediatricians in The Economist, they did a survey, don't know about it either. You know? And yet here we have an example of a very serious debilitating condition that could be treated with antibiotics. So idea. here you have children, and it's, it's rare enough, but they get some infection, bacteriological infection. Um, they then simultaneously or shortly thereafter start exhibiting symptoms which leads them to go to the psychiatric services. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But that's not the root cause. No, and they're diagnosed with ADHD or some kind of psychosis or severe autism even and some end up in institutions. Some of the history of this is, is terrifying really, you know. And yet it could have been stopped with an antibiotic. And then what's it, for me, from my point of view, it's an immune disorder it turns out. So the bacteria set off the immune system in the wrong direction as it were and you get an autoimmune reaction then that tr- seems to trigger these symptoms. So, of course, that's really interesting because now we know about the immune aspects and that could be very informative. Mm. Now, can you explain to us, you know, we always think when we talk about the immune system and we've talked so many times about COVID and all the rest of it and how the immune system works, we 
generally don't associate it with brain function. We don't. No, that's exactly right. And that's why this could be even more important to me. It may go beyond pandas and pans, you see. And there was two studies, Pat, that got my attention in America. They took children with pandas and they found antibodies in their circulation to parts of their brain. And that was the first clue. There was something funny going on with the immune system. And in particular, the antibodies were a thing called acetylcholine neurons in the brain, one type of neuron in your brain. Another lab found antibodies to the dopamine receptor. And you've heard of dopamine, I imagine. It's a well-known and neurotransmitter. So, so these children then, the streptococcus seems to turn on the immune system and now in a subset of children, obviously, they begin to make antibodies inadvertently to their own brains. And that then seems to be causing now, the uh, psychiatric be a, symptoms. A particular cohort of children who would be susceptible to this, who had autoimmune problems, you know, that they'd be the kind of kids who would develop autoimmune conditions. It could be, yeah. Now, clearly not every child will develop this after streptococcus, which is a very common infection, remember. Strep throat, you may have heard of that streptococcus in your throat. So there must be something else, maybe genetic going on. There could be something in the environment that's a bit different that triggers it in that particular child. And then one, more and more evidence pack grows. So for example, if you have any autoimmune disease, you have a 40% increased risk of schizophrenia and that's been known for quite a while. And again, that's the immune brain link happening. And there's a strange disease called Sydenham's chorea, which you develop all these strange movements and ticks. Again, that was shown to be caused by a bacteria. So again, there was already sort of hints that bacteria would trigger brain changes out there already. You see. So the, um, the question, first of all, and maybe there is an answer or maybe not, is a treatment. So if you do it straight away and the kid uh, comes home exhibiting certain symptoms, you might think it's a fever. And that's why they're doing this. So you do treat them with the antibiotic and it goes away and no one ever knows anything about it. Yeah. But then if you don't treat it, what then? Can you treat it subsequently? Because uh, does this thing take root? It does seem to, the earlier you treat, the better, as with anything, you know. And what they're recommending is that doctors now consider this as a possibility if a child is exhibiting psychiatric symptoms, that it could well be an infection. Test for the infection, you know. Maybe test for these autoantibodies is a possibility as well. And then treatment antibiotics would be an option. Or maybe treat them anyway. That's the next thing they're kind of suggesting. And, and what was sort of scary was the economist revealed, as I say, most psychiatrists weren't aware that this is a possibility. So the child presents with psychiatric symptoms, they wouldn't think of an infection. And again, it tells us psychiatrists need to learn some immunology, actually, is what I'm saying, in a sense. That, that might inform them. So antibiotics is one, one immediate yeah. way. To, so to, even uh, as they question the parents of the child, you know, uh, how was the child before this? When did this first start? Was there any infection? Was the child sick? Was there strep throat? Was the yeah. At least they asked the questions if they were informed. That's right. That they should ask those questions. Yes. And the parents, you see, are saying they're, they're giving short shrift. They're being told, oh, your child has some psychiatric disorder, you know, a functional neurological disorder, it's often called. And they send them home and hope, you know, maybe they give them antipsychotics even. There's examples of that that are inappropriate for children, you see. So the parents are, are for, there's very good support groups, by the way, for pandas in the UK. If any parents listening in and is worried, there's good support groups over there. And there's a European network now of parents, you see. So in other words, there's a big growing awareness around this to provide support. Now, you mentioned the possibility that this, this might apply to other things and maybe long COVID? Yeah, well, the, the big way, see, this is why this is so important, but in a way. So we know from COVID that long COVID is a real feature. So many people got long COVID and that's neurological. It's fatigue, it's brain fog, all those kinds of things. And of course, we'd love to know what's going on there and can we treat it. Lyme disease, but is a big one as well, by the way, 
many people after Lyme disease caused by a tick mm-hmm. and a bacteria that goes into your system, they often have long-term neurological symptoms as well. And again, that must be similar. So the work on pandas then might inform us in terms of other diseases that are happening post-infection. So it could be very useful for mm-hmm. things like long COVID and Lyme disease. The, the, the big thing for research scientists like yourself and for others would be can you then, if someone developed a schizophrenia or whatever in their teen years and it was thought to be associated with cannabis or whatever it might be, but it might indeed have been a, a strep throat, it might, yeah. um, is there any way back? Well, that's the next question. It's early days. Let's put it that way, Pat. And there's many reasons for these neurological disorders and psychiatric disorders anyway. And this could be one cause of them. There will be others, remember. So it mightn't be the whole answer by any means. But certainly it'll be part of it. Mm. And then it's a really good question of someone yeah, who's a teenager how, now in their 20s. Yeah, how embedded is this thing? Can well, it be reversed? That's the question. Well, again, if it's autoimmune... And at that stage now, the infection's gone, but your immune system is now attacking your brain is the way to think of it. Can you ramp down the immune system? And that's where you and come that's in. that's a real prospect. And one other example of that that I must mention, there's a type of T lymphocyte. Remember the famous T lymphocytes? Yep. There's one called TH17 cells that we work on in my lab and in many labs. They seem to be out of order in, in pandas, you see. And there's ways to block TH17 cells. There's drugs out there already to turn those types of T cells off. So in psoriasis, for example, it's TH17 cells. So again, if TH17s are linked into pandas or any of these situations, maybe blocking that pathway could be beneficial to patients as well. So there's a number of options so opening the, up now. The child who's ADHD in school blocked the... T cells yeah. and maybe That's they the pro- suddenly start paying attention. That's the prospect, exactly. Now, again, lots more research is needed. Sure. But let's remind people it's early days. The most important thing of all is to increase interest in this from the scientific point. And certainly, my lab now, we may start working on this at a scientific interest, you see, because this, this opens up so many prospects, doesn't it? Well, beyond um, pandas and pans. Mm-hmm. This is truly fascinating. And I suspect, uh, Luke, that we'll be talking some more about this one in the not too distant future. Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College in Dublin. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.